Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Within this podcast, you'll encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now, please stay tuned as we prepare to delve into this week's message. As you turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 13, I want to just read verse... Verses 11 through 13. 11 is going to be the key verse, but 11 through 13 in the Amplified Version first. Then I'll read verse 11 in the New King James. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 13 in the Amplified. Ready? You have it? Say amen. Amen. It reads like this. Do this knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep, parentheses of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed, parentheses in Christ. The night, parentheses the present evil of age, is almost gone and the day, parentheses of Christ's return, is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light verse 11 in the new king james reads like this and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed may the lord bless the reading of the word we may be seated in the presence of god Praise God. Praise the Lord. And do this knowing the time. We have to know the time we're living in. That now it is high time. Meaning, we've come to the crescendo. We've come almost to the climax of God's fulfillment of his word and his prophecies. It is time now to wake up. Nudge somebody next to you and tell them, wake up. Wake up. Come on. Don't hit him too hard. To wake up out of sleep, not a physical sleep, but a spiritual sleep. For now, someone say now, 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 now. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I believed and put my faith in Jesus Christ. On the calendar date purposes in my Bible for in July, on July 4th, 1988. It's many years since that moment. Like I shared a few weeks ago, my personal encounter and revelation of who he was to me and what he has done for me came years after that moment. But regardless of the dates that we have, even if we don't have that date yet, I pray that we have that date. We have that day. In the life that we can testify about. But today, October 15th, is it? 15th? 2023, we've come to a day that is closer to our true salvation. Not just of our soul for eternity, but of our lives and our bodies for eternity at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The time is near, folks. It is time to wake up. 
And Romans, I don't know how God does this, but God does this, that he orchestrated that this week that we should focus on this word. And also I'm going to try to touch on many of the different things that we need to learn from these few chapters. In chapters 12, verses uh, 3 onwards, we're going to try to touch on, would you pray for me? Amen. Would you pray for me? But I want to just start with this. Guys, wake up. Spiritually wake up, please. Because God is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back soon. Get our lives in order, get our lives right, and get as many other lives to believe in Jesus Christ so that we can take as many people with us to heaven because he is coming back soon. I remember growing up in the church, and I would hear that as a young man. And I would say, God, please don't come back yet. I want to get married. <laughs> Figure that out, right? Don't come back yet. I got things to do. How many of you are thinking that right now? I got to do these things. I got to get this. I got to go there. I got to have this experience. I got to have that experience. I want to get married or I want to get a job or I want to finish school or I want to be what, what others said I couldn't be. I want to accomplish things. But I'm telling you, all those things will come and go. And I'm not saying those are bad desires. If it's godly desires, let it come to pass in God's time if we are still here on earth. But I want to encourage you, let our eyes be shifted from the earthly things to the heavenly things because because God is coming back soon. Wake up. Wake up. How many of you how many of you know what you do in your sleep? How many of you know what you do in your sleep? Recently, my wife has been I think getting frustrated at me because I think I'm snoring at night. And she's tossing and turning, and she's like, she calls me a pet name, and she calls, then it turns into whatever. And, and eventually, some days, I see she's not in the bed anymore. Like, what happened? I was like, I had a good night's sleep. What happened? Like, you're snoring. I didn't know I was snoring. What, do you know what you do in your sleep? There was a time when uh, I think she was pregnant, and we were laying in bed at night, and I think I had a bad nightmare, and that somebody was coming after her, and uh, I wanted to protect her, and I want to fight off who was This is all in my nightmare dream type of thing, okay? But in the middle of the night, I didn't know what I was doing. Supposedly, I, I, I got into my fighting motion, literally, physically, and I think the story goes that uh, I, I punched the pillow, and I, somehow she saw my hand coming down, and she got out of the way. But I was trying to fight somebody off in, my, in the nightmare that I was having. But there was a physical aspect of it that was happening in reality, right? And I, I, I want to encourage you, you do not know what you're doing when you're sleeping. How many of us are sleepwalking through our spiritual walk? Huh? No one wants to la laugh? Don't laugh. Are we sleepwalking? Are we talking through a sleep posture and a mindset in our spiritual walk? Are we just going through the motions? We don't even know what we're doing. Last week we talked about mindless worship. We're just going through the motions. We're just doing this and that. We're doing the checklist things and even the checklist things we're not doing wholeheartedly or even at all. I want to encourage the church here, the congregation, the body of Christ, those that are here and even those that are going to be watching at some point. I want to tell you, wake up. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. 
It's not time to just sleepwalk through our spiritual journey. It's not time to just sleepwalk through our, go through the motions and just check off the boxes. Let us truly wake up and diligently seek after God. Diligently serve the Lord. Wholeheartedly go after God. And it says walk properly. Verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in any revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but verse 14, but do this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, his righteousness, his character, his mind, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Church, Jesus is saying, put me on. In this last day, put me on. For your sake and for others' sakes, put Jesus on. Someone shout, wake up. Wake up. In the same chapter, in the starting verses of this chapter, Paul is trying to also teach us about how we need to live our lives. Like I said last week, chapters 12 through the end is really practical applications of our Christian life here on this earth, how we need to live our life personally, how we need to live our life with our fellow brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, how we need to live our life with people that are not in the body of Christ, but there are still people in the world that we need to live with. Anyone know that? We got to still live in this world, right? We don't live in a bubble. We live in this world, and we got to know how to live in that. We got to learn how to live uh, in the the context of where we live as a nation as well. And Romans chapter 13 Verse 1, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist and are appointed by God. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. So what is that teaching us? Let's read the Bible. What is that teaching us? Our governing authorities have been put there from God and are appointed By, right, who? Even the ones that you voted for. Uh I'm going there. Even the ones you didn't vote for are there from God. All governing authorities in America, every nation of this world, everyone that is chartered in the United Nations and everyone that is not, I want to encourage you by the word that we read here. They are put there from God and appointed by God for a reason and a season. It's either for God is showing justice to a nation, saying, hey, because of the nation's ways, I'm giving you this governing authority for this time. And maybe it is to show us that God is still a gracious and merciful God. For us to wake up, for us to see who God is in that time. Or he's saying, hey, you deserve this leadership. You deserve this. Or it's saying, God is saying, I want to show you mercy. And even though you deserve this, I'm giving you something here that I'm going to give you for a, se- for a season. I know it's hard for us to, because we've gotten lost in the rhetoric. The church has become political. Is this Good. In a matter of a few weeks, you will vote. Right? You should. 
I'm not telling you how to, who for, any of those things, and you won't ever hear me say that. But I'm telling you, whoever you vote for or whoever you didn't, whoever you supported or whoever you didn't, God brings them there and God puts them there. Because God is sovereign. I know it's hard for us to understand because we think that they're the ones that affect our lives. But I've come to realize I have to look beyond who God puts there in the governing authorities for God is my provider. God is my sustainer. God is my protector. God is my everything. It goes on to say in verse 2, therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. So if we resist, if we resist, we are resisting against who? Who put them there? Let's, it's Bible study. Who put them there? Who put, come on, talk. It's hard for, I think you guys are having a hard time with this. Let's lay down our political ideologies. Lay it all down. Is that okay for 30 minutes? Who puts them there? And if we resist against them, who are we really resisting against? So be careful of about being a part of resistance movements as a child of God. As a child of God, we're not called to be a part of the resistance. We're called to be subject to the governing authorities. And the Bible also teaches us to pray for our leaders. So pray for them. You may not ever change their mind or their policies, but you and I as a child of God, remember we're a child of God, I'm talking, we have the responsibility to pray for them because they have been put there by God and you're going against God if you're going against them. I'm not saying that you can't have change and see those things. You can and you should. That's why here in this nation I can speak to that every couple of years or every year as you go to the voting booth and you can change what you don't like with your vote. I'm thankful for a nation that allows you to protest. But also, God has not called us to protest. God has called us to live a life as a kingdom citizen and bring change by doing good. If you want to protest, protest with your vote. I'm not campaigning here. I just... Funny how we got to Romans 13 this week. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. If we partake in resistance, we're bringing judgment on ourselves, the Bible says. So be careful. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. Verse 4, for he is God's minister to you for good. Governing authorities are for the people's good. Maybe they're not godly people, but the intentions are supposed to be to protect the people. Right? And if it's not being done for that reason, and if it is of evil intent, God will expose them, and then we have the opportunity to change them with our civic duties. First with prayer, and then with action. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. Can you read, look, look at that verse right now? For he does not bear the sword in vain. 
Is that he capitalized? Is the word he capitalized? Is it there for me? Oh, in that version it is. The word he is not capitalized, meaning it's talking about not God, but it's talking about the people, the governing authorities, has a sword, and they will have a sword, and they will not just keep it silent. They will use it, and it will not be in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on, whom, on him who practices evil. The government has swords, not in this day and age. They have the ability to take action against evil. How many of you, we had a police officer here. They're called to protect and serve their communities. If there's evil, they have to act. We're thankful for those that protect us. Amen? We're thankful for those who protect us. But here it says, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. When a government takes action against evil acts, that is their responsibility. They're called to protect their people and their nation. And Monday night we prayed here and we took some time to pray for the situation, the war in Israel and in Gaza. We prayed for that situation, right, Pastor We pray for that. We pray for the innocent lives that are being affected by evil acts. Amen? We're not here to pick sides. We're not here to condemn or praise anyone. But God knows everything that's happening. There are believers in Palestine. There are believers in Israel. There are, I also believe God could be using this to wake up his chosen people. The people of Israel, maybe God is bringing this down so that they could truly have an awakening and a revelation of Jehovah, Yahweh, as their God and their Savior. We prayed Monday night, and the Lord just impressed on whoever was praying. I think I was one of them that prayed for that matter as well. And we pray for God's mercy on the nations and on the people. God's protection on everyone. Amen? God's mercy, protection on everyone. At the same time, as a believer in the word of God, we have to understand that Israel and his people are the apple of his eye. If you touch Israel, if you touch Israel, the Lord will respond. I don't know the full prophetical details that lay out before you. 
I don't even know. I'm not going to be predicting anything here. But I do know that this is not by accident. And all this has been shared in the word of God. And the word of God is coming to pass. Governments and leaders can get involved. But God is sovereign and he will accomplish his prophetic words that he gave to us in the Bible. It's hard to see, hear, and experience all that is going on. It's hard to see all that is being portrayed, all that is being spoken of from so many different perspectives and angles. All we can do is pray for the protection of innocent people. We pray also that evil be exposed and eradicated. We have to call evil for evil. And we have to pray that God's plan be fulfilled in this prophetical time and moment. When the Bible says they will not keep the sword in vain, it's literally saying a nation will protect itself. I want to just ask all of us to truly and sincerely pray in your own moment, in your time, for this time that we're living in. Because I know we can hear things and pick sides and all those things, but if any side that I want to be on, it is on the side of God. And I can't make sense of all the innocence or all the evil. And I'm not going to be here to judge anything or anyone. That's not my place. But let our prayer be that God has mercy on everyone. God protects everyone. But God's plan continue to be fulfilled because our time, the salvation of the Lord is nearer today than when we first believed. Folks, I know this may not be uh, comfortable, but I want to really unsettle us a little bit today that we really have to wake up and get our lives right and in order because he is coming back soon. And the things that we're stressing about and worrying about is not really worth it in the long run. I don't know why the Lord is just asking me to stay here, but really put things in perspective. Really put things in perspective. Eternity is, yet, eternity as, is at stake. Eternity is at stake. Leaders, nations will come and go. But God is everlasting and everlasting and everlasting. He is Alpha and Omega. He comes to no end. He is forever and ever King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We come, to verse, come back to verse 11. Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now our salvation 
is nearer than when we first believed. Thank you, Lord. Can we take a moment now just to pray for everything that's happening around the world? Close your eyes for a moment. All over this house, just... No, this is not how we usually flow, but just... Come on, all over this house. Would you just pray for the protection and the mercy of God? Pray for the mercies of God. You may not understand everything, and we don't, and we never will probably. But would you just ask God to fulfill his plan? Come on, all over this house, just open your mouth if you can and just pray. This is a prayer moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Pray for Israel. Pray for the Palestinian people. Pray for every nation around that region. Pray for our nation. Pray for your nation. Thank you, Lord. Pray for your nation. Maybe the stuff going on in your nation is not making the news, but something's going on there. Pray for your nation. Come on, church, would you just lift your voice and pray? If America is your nation, if another nation is your homeland, pray. Pray for your leaders. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Have your way, oh God. Have your way. As we believe God to be God and do what only he can do, the question that we have to ask then is now, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, he goes on to teach that God gave each and every one of us. God gave each and every one of us. Someone say me. It's me. Someone say it's me. It's me. God gave each and every one of us gifts. Gifts. Verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Thank God we're different. Amen? Thank God we're different. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Someone say use them. Use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, meaning serving, let us use it in our ministering or serving. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, meaning to encourage and edify the body. He who gives with liberality, meaning with generosity and giving of your finances. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Each of us has been given one of these gifts at least. We're all gifted. We're all gifted. 
Shane, we're all gifted. Such, we're all gifted. We all have a gift. God has given to us, each and every one of us, a gift. But God is the one who determined what we get. Amen? God put that gift in each and every one of us. And God is the one that determined how much we get of that gift. I don't have all those gifts. Anyone have all those gifts? I don't have all those gifts. But I'm thankful for the gifts that I do have. Sometimes I wish, why didn't I get this gift? Because if I had this gift, I'd be in less trouble. Right? But that's not how God wanted it. But he made it so that I, as one person, can become a part of a greater thing, which is called the body of Christ. And me being unique in the way God is giving his grace to me, I can fit in with the body of Christ. You can fit in with the rest of the body of Christ. And then we, as many, become one. We as many become one. That is the beauty of God. God has called us not for uniformity, but he's called for unity. Meaning that we can still be different and unique, but still be united. How many of you are grateful that you, if you're married, that we are different? Thank God we're different, but we're united. We should be. But we're united. There are many members, it says, not the same function. You know, some of us have the gift of prophecy. Some of us have the gift to serve, meaning that that's what you naturally are prone to do, naturally wired to do. Some of us have the gift of giving, meaning of your finances and generosity. That is your natural gifting, meaning your, not your natural, but your spiritual gift that comes naturally to you because that's how God has wired you. I'm thankful for the different ways that God has wired each and every one of us and gifted something in each and every one of us. But I want to remind us, we all have a gift. None of us are living this life without a gift. So that's why he says in verse 6, let us use them. Let us use them. I want to act, ask you to activate the gifts that God has given to you. Singing, to be honest, and preaching is not a gift. Preaching and singing is not a gift. It's a skill. It's a duty. It's a responsibility. The gifts are talked about in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You need to study those scriptures. They're talking about the different spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And I pray that you would read and meditate on the word and allow the Lord to reveal to you. And if you don't know, ask the pastors and leaders here. You go through growth track. It will clearly tell you what your gifts are through the process. I want to bring your attention To verse 9 through 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Meaning don't just hate evil alone, but do what is good. Believers have a hard time doing both. You need to do good and hate evil. You need to hate evil and do good. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving page preference to one another. Meaning you need to have a good attitude and good manners. How about that? This is some practical teaching from Paul. Good manners and a good attitude. It will get you, a long, get you uh, far in life. Right? Good manners and a good attitude. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence. Meaning you stop being lazy. Fervent in spirit. Boiling with the spirit of God. The translation reads, serving the Lord. Hard work is essential for a child of God. 
Hard work is essential for a child of God. Rejoice, verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Rejoice in the hope as you serve God. Sometimes, look at the, sometimes we get stuck looking at the results of our serving. God is saying more than looking at the results of our serving and our, what our doing is doing for God, let us look at hope, saying beyond the results, God is doing a mighty work. Rejoice in hope. This, verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospital, meaning go to those that God puts a burden on your heart for. Go, go to those. If you send somebody that the Lord is putting on your heart, go to them. Or the other side of it is bring them to you. Exercise hospitality. Give into hospitality. Bring them to you. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. This is a really a correlation Paul is teaching from the Sermon on the Mount of Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is telling us all the practical things. Verse 16, do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't think too highly of yourselves. All right? Stay humble is what God is telling each and every one of us. Stay humble. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Guys, don't turn the other cheek if you need to. It's hard, but turn the other cheek. We like to react, but turn the other cheek. Verse 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible. That means what? Paul is saying it can be possible that you can't. Right? If it is possible, live peaceably with all men. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably. Don't seek out conflict. Don't seek out contention. Don't seek it out. Don't live peaceably with all men. And verse 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In our kids' schools, there's an initiative, I don't know, maybe in other schools, it says be kind. Be kind. Just be kind. Don't repay evil for evil. It's not going to get you anywhere. The cycle is just going to continue. Just stop the cycle by you just being kind and just you not responding. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul is giving some really practical things there. The heading of my scripture of that, over that portion says, behave like a Christian. Simply behave like a Christian. In Romans chapter 14, I'm just highlighting a couple of verses. Sorry, it's chapter 15. Verse 5, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth, glorify the Lord God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. One mind, one one voice, sorry, and one another. One mind. May the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. Folks, just esteem somebody else greater than you. Just give them the preference. Give way. Let it be. 
and live at peace with one another. Because God is coming back soon. God is coming back soon. Live at peace with one another. We may not all think alike. We may not all have the same preferences. We may not all approach life the same way. But that's something that we have to appreciate in God's creativity, that God created us powerfully and uniquely. Amen? How many, in our own home, we don't think alike. I got five people in my home, and we all have five different cuisines some nights. I'm like, how does this happen? I'm seeing a repeat of my childhood. Every kid gets their own little meal because mama just loves them that much. But I realized there's a beauty in our diversity. There's people here in this church that are from very different backgrounds, from different nations, ethnicities, races, but also spiritual backgrounds. Let us not assume we all grew up the same way. Let us not assume we all have the same upbringing in the spiritual sense. Forget about all the cultural and uh, natural senses, but even in the spiritual sense, we don't all have the same upbringing. Let us look at one another and say, I will esteem you greater than myself. I want to honor you, and I want to live at peace with you. Maybe there's going to be someone God puts on your heart. Invite them over to your home for dinner, for lunch, or go out with them. And somebody that you don't usually go with. Huh? Somebody that you usually don't go. Just go. Maybe instead of, here's another thing. Uh, I saw a meme this week. It was about somebody in church <laughs> saying, I don't have any friends in church. I, don't, I can't connect with the church. But what do they do? They, as soon as the amen is said a prayer, they're the first ones out the building. No one here. No one here. It was a meme on Instagram. But we have to partake. We have to participate for us to build that connection. Hospitality, going to one another, behaving in a way that honors one another. Paul is giving some really practical teaching here through these scriptures. And I want to encourage and challenge each and every one of us. Pastor C is not going to do it justice in a few minutes from the pulpit. But we can truly live this word by reading and meditating on this word. And when the Holy Spirit brings conviction and confirmation in our lives, do according to the Holy Spirit's leading. Because guess what? Many of these things I need to work on. Many of these things I need help on. And I was like, God, how can I do this? Because I still need help. So I'm telling you, as a fellow believer in Jesus Christ, we all need help. But read the word. Trust the word. Trust the spirit that, is being, uh, that wrote this word through the servants of God. And let the Holy Spirit lead us into all of God, what God has for us. Amen? I want to keep going. Uh, I got to close. Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I know there are some hopeless situations in our lives. There are some hopeless situations maybe in your life. But the Bible says, now may the God of hope fill us with patience and joy. Can we put that verse up one more time? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. 
Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we surrender ourselves to this verse? And I want, I'm sensing that this is probably concluding this study on the book of Romans on a Sunday morning. Um, but we'll see how the Lord leads us. But I want us to end on this verse. There's many more things that you could read and meditate in chapter 16. But chapter 16 was mainly Paul greeting all of his co-laborers in Christ and encouraging them and giving a benediction. And I don't want to declare a benediction over this series. I want it to continue in your own life. And it allows me, if the Lord impresses on my heart the next few weeks, come back to it. But could we just stand to our feet? And I want to just declare this verse over us. I just sense in, by the Holy Spirit that some of us have given up hope in certain things. Just all eyes closed in this place. I'm just going to read the scripture over you. And I want to ask you to just keep an open heart. Keep an open mind. Verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you men and women, young people, elders, with all joy. Lord, fill your people with joy and peace in believing. Lord, I pray faith will rise up in this moment. That the hopeless situations, oh God, that they can still believe in God to do something miraculous in the hopeless situations. With all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Lord, help us to rise up in faith and abound in hope, overflowing hope. Let there be an overflow of hope in our hearts. Let there be an abundance of hope and joy in our hearts, our minds, our lives. God, let it overflow. Lord, I pray that over your children, each and every one of us, that hope and joy and peace overflow, overflow. Lord, whoever is running dry in those areas, joy there's anyone running dry on joy I pray oh God that there be a there be an overflow right now Lord Jesus if there's anyone running out of hope right now Lord I pray that you would fill their hearts and their minds and their lives up with hope right now Lord I pray oh God for anyone that's lacking peace I pray for peace over their heart their mind right now even in the spirit realm even in their mind right now Lord I speak peace and I declare the peace of God not a feeling not an emotion, but God, the peace, the everlasting, Lord, the everlasting peace of God. The incomprehensible peace of God. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the team joins me here. Spirit of living God. If you're asking the question, why am I here? God has a great purpose for you. If you're asking the question, why am I here and alive at this time in history? There is a great plan and purpose for you. You're called to be 
a light. You're called to be a change agent. You're called to be a disciple. You're called to be a world changer. God has called you for this season. Not to run and hide, but to shine bright with the love of God and the power of God. That power comes from the Holy Spirit. If you ever ask that question, why am I here? Even why am I here alive on this earth? I don't know, even if you've ever, even that thought has crossed your mind of, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. The Lord is speaking to someone in this place. He needs you. He has a purpose for you. He's just inviting you to totally and completely give yourself to Him. Thanks for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. If you are ready to start a relationship with Jesus and commit your life to Him, please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. We hope you found value in this podcast, and we'd appreciate if you would share us with others and tell your family and friends to follow along. Our prayer and hope is that this podcast can reach countless lives. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels at One Church LI and visit us at our website, onechurchonline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you.